Let's do it. Hello, everybody. Thank you for those of you that are here with me. Um, and also, hello to everybody listening back. Hope you're enjoying your walk or doing whatever it is that you're you're doing whilst listening to the dulcet tones that is NWPT Online's webinar. Um, today, what we're going to be talking about uh, is, it's a great one, actually. It's why you don't need to feel guilty about the fact that you've put on some weight, if you have, which you might have done. And basically, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be running through a little bit of sort of theory when it comes to weight gain in terms of why people might be gaining weight. Um, we're going to be looking at in a fair bit of detail what it is that has caused uh, society as a whole to put weight on over the last sort of 50, 60 years, which is when it was the point at which um, weight really started to to push upwards. There have been lots of theories. Some people blame fat. Some people blame sugar. Some people blame uh, you know, a, a lack of a lack of activity. Um, some people blame things like plastics polluting our bloodstreams and affecting our hormone balance. Um, there's lots of reasons why people say it happens, um, and there's been an, an extensive number of books written on every single one of those topics. Um, but the the answer is actually a little bit more straightforward. So, what we want to do is we want to identify that we want to understand what it is that society as a, a as a whole has got wrong as to what the the reason is um and then we're going to give you some advice in terms of what you can do to help to overcome the odds um and to help to basically um do what most people don't do and that is stay lean strong and healthy throughout your adult life where basically as a rule of thumb your average person will put on somewhere around a half kilo to a kilo every year between the ages of about 20 and 50. So that's what we are trying to avoid while we're doing this. All right. So on the up, unfortunately, since about the 1950s, has been both chronic illness and life expectancy. Okay. So conversely, and also body weight. Now that basically means that we are living longer due in part to uh, things like the um, the improvement in medical science and medical care, but also we're living fewer healthy years. So we spend more of our lives, we have more lives, um, we have fewer healthy years in our life, but more years in total. Now, it's somewhat of a trend these days, um, based on something which is absolutely legitimate, which is based on, you know, body shaming, not being useful, not being helpful, um, and needing to try to help to make people who are overweight not feel so stigmatized. Um, that has been led to a thing of saying body being overweight isn't unhealthy. Now, as far as I'm concerned, there are some examples of people who are um, very overweight and have perfectly good metabolisms, just as there are my um, my nan smoked a pack and a half. Of, and this is I actually do have a nan who smoked a pack and a half of cigarettes every day and lived into her 90s. There are exceptions of all these things. So hopefully those good genetics will will pass on um, the but the the fact of the matter is for most people, uh, an increase in body weight is the, the most um, significant or one of the most significant reasons as to why chronic illness is on the rise. And so this is something that we we absolutely want to try and get a hold on. Now, the big issue is, and I know that I am part of at least been part of this, um, at least very much more in the early days, 
which is that society as a whole, and when I say society, I would say in our in our psyches, our reaction, um, and this is why the stigma around people being overweight is so strong, is that society as a whole will blame laziness um, or inactivity, you know, people just sitting on their ass all day, they need to get up and do some exercise. Greed, which is that, you know, people are are stuffing their faces and they're not eating what they should be doing and all this kind of stuff. And essentially what we're doing is we're, we're putting the blame of, of weight gain solely on the individual. And as much as I, I do believe, and we'll get to this, that obviously there's a lot you can do about it. Um, I think it, it's an insufficient and slightly narrow point of view, just to say that it's just your own fault. It's not that um, we are easily affected by external sources. And you can see that in the sense of, um, how society has changed. So if you take a look, for example, at this scene, and I think this looks like Brighton Beach. I'm not sure. Maybe somebody can help me. Um, the This is a picture which was taken sort of in the 1960s of a bunch of people enjoying a summer holiday. Um, and what you can see quite easily is that if you look around at all of these people, and I've got a big screen in front of me, there doesn't appear to be anybody on this beach who by modern standards would be regarded as overweight. Everybody here is slim. And it might be that Brighton's a trendy place and it's not the sort of place that, you know, you want to be, it could be sort of a place where only the, the fashionable, slim and trendy people go. It's much more likely that actually what happened was is that back in the day, there just weren't that many people who were overweight by modern standards. Fast forward to, to today, and you'll obviously know that the average sort of um, picture of the average person, the demographic is, is very different. And... It's it's entirely insufficient as far as I'm concerned, just to say that, that the reason that people are gaining weight is because of laziness and greed, because I don't believe for a second that the, you know, people 50, 60 years ago, which in the grand scheme of, of, of human existence is is less than the blink of an eye, have suddenly just radically changed their preferences and their willingness to do exercise. The fact of the matter is, is that the the development of our of our modern standard of living the development of our economy the development of of all of those things have led to a situation whereby we are being collectively influenced uh, by external factors into essentially when it all boils down to it consuming on average more calories than we used to and burning off fewer calories than than we used to all right so what we're going to do is we're going to explore those forces what they might be and then what we're going to do after that is help you to then rationalize that down and come up with an, a, a plan of attack as to how you might be able to combat those things because they're going to be there whether you like it or not now what we call this effect is an obesogenic environment so i've narrowed it down as best as i can into sort of into six um six different sort of uh, let's call them areas, um, but they do overlap a little bit. Um, but we're going to start off with limited activity. Now, to start with, compared to how things were, say, 50, 60 years ago, your amount of the amount of energy that you consume on an average day has has dropped off dramatically. To start at the bottom, simple things like, for example, we now have more machines to do jobs for us that we didn't use to have to do um we have you know it's much more common that everybody has a washing machine as opposed to people washing things by hands it's much more common that people have a dishwasher rather than people washing by hands everybody has a hoover rather than everyone using a, a sweep or a sweep a brush or a mop or something like that simple things like that make a difference in terms of the number of calories you but calories you burn each day other things are for example 
exercise is now harder to come by. You actually have to pay to do exercise now, as I am very much aware and very, I suppose, grateful for the fact that that's a thing. Um, but the you have to pay to do exercise now. You can't just, um, you you know, even if it's buying yourself some some exercise equipment, it used to be much more the case that these sorts of things were included in our day-to-day in terms of walking around maybe a little bit further away than 50, 60 years ago, but this is very much a barrier in the modern day to doing exercise. Perceived danger has gone up. Uh, whether or not that's justified or not is irrelevant. Uh, perceived danger is now people are less comfortable going out and running in the dark and that kind of thing. More people are living in city spaces, more people are living in small areas, which means they don't have space to um, exercise at home. Generally speaking, we've transitioned from an economy which is mostly based on doing things to an economy which is mostly, mostly based around sending emails. Um, so people are much more sedentary than they used to be. There's a lot less activity in the work. And also now, even very recently, working at home has become a thing, which means you don't even have to leave your house in the morning to get to work in the first place. Regularly have people saying they're working from home, doing fewer than a thousand steps a day, which is essentially means that they're just sat down all day, which is very, very believable. But it's a big problem in terms of getting enough activity. And this is very much a consequence of the way that we live our lives in the last sort of, well, increasingly so over the last 50, 60 years, but very much in the last sort of 10 or 20. The next thing is, is and this is quite a, a big thing to kind of summarize briefly, but essentially it, it's it's that the economy that has led to all of the wonderful things that we get to enjoy in a modern life has also exploited the fact that humans are very willing to spend money on food. And so there has been a big pressure for growth in all of these areas. So for example, Food companies are constantly trying to find new ways and innovative ways for you to buy their food products because you they can make better profits. So things like snack foods being a thing, specific breakfast foods have been invented, children's foods, and there's tons and tons of different examples of all these things. Ready meals, um, you know, you've got things like convenience, yeah, convenience, sorry, convenience foods, ready meals. Supermarkets are on every single corner rather than being just a shop in the center of town that you go to. The people go to supermarkets several times a day. Delivery options, takeaways are no longer a thing. You get someone to, to drive to your house rather than having to go around the corner to the fish and chip shop or whatever. All these things together alongside improved marketing, sponsorships on everything. Food is absolutely everywhere and companies are constantly trying to pressure you into buying their goods and the thing is is that they're, what they're not producing that they're marketing is broccoli okay what they're what they're producing is high calorie um sort of high uh what's the word um basically food that tastes good and stuff that you're going to overeat of and actually then put put on weight also in a bid to try to improve shelf life, to make food more, and again, to make this is kind of like a follow on from the same thing, to make um, food more appealing and to make you more likely to want to overeat on it and continue to do so to create that hook, which essentially is what they're trying to do. Ultra processing has become a thing, um, which I've talked about in a different module, but basically ultra processing is, is adding ingredients that you wouldn't normally find in a domestic kitchen. As a result, foods are more calorie dense than they have ever been. And generally speaking, people are trying to encourage you to have bigger portions. So like share bags of crisps, share bags of chocolate bars. They know, you know, we know, they all know those aren't share size portions. They're just single portions, right? People will just finish a whole bag of crisps, even though it's supposed to be a share thing. It's all there. And although there's been some effort to try to reduce that, it's um, it's not really even scratched the surface. Okay, so what we have is we have people who are forced into expending less activity due to their their lifestyle being marketed high quality 
calorie so high quality low quality calorie dense foods in great in big portions all day every day all right the next thing we have is the social side social psychology so the bottom half of these things are stuff which is more actually relevant to, to us so our leisure time is punctuated by food. Generally speaking, it's a normal thing to do to go out to either a restaurant or to go to a cafe or to do something. And with every time you go to meet somebody, there's food is included. This is something that I'm constantly being told about, you know, with, with you guys. And it's it's always there. Drinking culture has become a thing. It's much more of a thing to go out and drink and consume and eat and all these kinds of times. And actually that in itself has become a leisure activity, which, it you know, I've been told wasn't so much of a thing um, sort of 50, 60 years ago. Everything you go to comes with snacks. You can't drive to a place down the road without stopping at a service station and picking up some food. You go to the cinema, there's food. You go to watch a sports match, there's food. You go to basically anything you go to, there's food and drink, and it's being sold to you and marketed to you all times, right? And then lastly, the there is the social acceptance, which is that it's now normal for people to be 10 to 15 kilos heavier than they were 50 or 60 years ago. As a result, you don't necessarily feel any pressure or anything wrong with that. Now, although I agree with the fact that people shouldn't be stigmatized for being overweight, because that has been shown without really any shadow of a doubt, that's not helpful to helping them to, to progress. Like negative emotion doesn't make people change for good, but wanting to value your health and your, your energy and that kind of stuff does. And hopefully that's reflected in the way that I, I give my message out the but the fact of the matter is it has become more socially acceptable to be overweight and so it becomes then more of a thing you stand out more by wanting to fight against that which then makes things more difficult so all the social aspects come on top we have time limitations as a result again of modern living it's not profitable for you as an individual to be sat at home not consuming anything and so basically we're being gently pushed consistently to to, to go out and to do stuff 50, 60 years ago, it was much more common for there to be somebody at home and somebody out working. Somebody at home could prepare fresh meals. That's much less common now. More, more people are single now than they used to be. So they, they deal with the same issue. And now a bit like you have to pay to exercise, often you also have to actually invest time in going to exercise before you've even got there. Um, couple that with long working hours. We work more hours than we ever have done. Um, and people trying to get everything done and do all, be all things to all people time is very limited and so the preparation of healthy foods coupled with the time spent exercising is is very difficult the last thing is and i think of this as being the rise of silicon valley this is something that has probably happened in the last more of the 10 years work has expanded out of the nine to five into the the rest of our lives very few of us have the luxury of being able to clock out and say my work is now finished we're constantly being bombarded by different forms of media. Whether you're at a train station, you'll be getting adverts on the side. You look at your phone, you're being given adverts, you're being told to do things. It's, it's distracting your attention. We don't have any peace. And as a result, attention is dropping across the board. And people's ability to actually focus on something and do it well has dropped down. Even simple things that they know they can do actually just you know, having to set reminders for everything you do because your focus is always pulled apart. The fast pace of life and the time that we spend on social media has made it much more difficult for people to actually both confront an issue like fat loss and actually then have the, the simple mental bandwidth to be able to put enough focus on it to actually be able to elicit the change they want in their behavior so that they can get the change that they want in their body. So all of these things together have created a bit of a perfect storm in terms of what we would absolutely not want to happen 
And as a result, everyone is consistently and uniformly getting heavier and more overweight. Okay. And it's not slowing down. It seems to be going up at a fairly even rate. Okay. So the critical thing that I want to stress is that it isn't actually, it's not entirely your fault. In fact, I'm going to go as far as to say it's not your fault. It's a symptom of the world we live in. But the fact of the matter is, is that it is your problem because your quality of life and your health, um, how you show up at work and with your friends and with your family, how you feel, you know, your energy levels, your, your mental clarity, your focus, your confidence, all of these things are affected if you're consistently gaining weight year on year. And this is something that I believe. Um, and so therefore it is your problem. It is something that you have to do and it is within your control to change it. Okay. So we can't change the stuff at the top, which is we can't change the fact that we all have to sit at desks and work and we all have to, I say, well, I don't, but lots of people do sit at home and work or, you know, going and not being able to get out and not and, and having limited activity. The fact that we're having consistently marketed at with food choices that we know aren't good for us we can't change a lot about that um, unless we start trying to change things on a societal level what you can do is make a make a difference to the social psychology aspect of things so you can change um you know your you can change your you can basically control your stress and your attention levels and you can also do the best you can to actually optimize your time manage your time efficiently and make that work okay and so what we want to do is we actually want to think about um so this we can work on this what we want to do is we want to think about the level one habits and this is where it comes into so remember if you're stressed and you're tired and you don't get any sunlight and you don't get any movement and you're making chaotic decisions which is essentially the result of all of what we've spoken about earlier you're going to really struggle to make changes last and it's normal if you're struggling to make these basic things work well for you to think that you need to be you need to be stricter and tighter and more regulated that however is not going to actually fix it's just plastering over the crack with the cracks what we need to do is to get you to be calm and centered to get you to be making decisions intentionally to get you moving your body to get you outside to get some sunlight and to make sure that you're actually eating in a way that is ordered and sensible and that's the first thing to do so First thing is eating meals mindfully. Really, really important. It's something that we that we have to continue to work towards. Our brains are stretched beyond further than they ever have been. You've got less focus. We've got more on every year with everybody's lives. We get more and more busy. To have that opportunity to eat and actually sit and let your mind wander for a bit is a big, big bonus and will help you to keep you calm and will also help you to control your eating habits more effectively. Getting outside and getting a walk every day is going to do a lot to combat the feeling of being inside all the time. It's going to help you to move. It's going to add, add up the number of calories you move, but it's just mostly going to make you feel better. Uh, it's going to keep your circadian rhythm on track because you need to get some sunlight during the day. Less of an issue when it's starting to brighten up like it is now, but especially in the winter. Exercising sort of two or four times a week, we're doing that because we've got that sorted um, in terms of what you need to do. Hopefully all of you have found convenient options in terms of how you can make it work for you. Um, and then planning the food out just on the basic level. So what am I going to eat this week to, that's going to get the bulk of what I'm eating to be um, to be good? It doesn't need to be perfect, but just the bulk of it. And then lastly is, is to get enough sleep. And there is a whole bunch of stuff. I've already done a sleep module, um, but getting all of these things correct and getting them right and getting them consistent. So you're doing it 
all the time um is 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 absolutely critical for you to actually overcome this what we call obesogenic environment okay the um the sort of the thing that i want to sort of leave you with is what we just touched on is that if you um you know if you're my mind's just gone blank i'll come back to that but the um the last thing for the summary okay on this one is is that the the modern world it encourages you to overconsume. okay so that's not your fault there's nothing we can do about that um the thing is is that it's it's an individual problem okay and so we do need to do something about it if you don't keep working this is what i was going to say there you go if you don't keep working on the basics you'll always be fighting to a level all right and the fact of the matter is is that the the world is going to continue to push you in a certain direction and so you will always need to have to put some conscious effort into maintaining those basics it isn't just a question of okay, I've made that habit work. I won't need to think about it ever again. It's something that you'll constantly need to keep pulling yourself back to. And so try to approach it with the attitude rather than thinking, okay, so I just need to tick those boxes and then we're going to move on. They're always going to need to be top of mind. I mean, I still think about them all the time. I'll think to myself, oh, do you know what? I haven't, the last couple of weeks, my my eating has, has gone off. I've been trying to multitask while I'm eating, all that kind of stuff. Re, go back to the basics, make sure they work. Because the thing that that is most important about the level one stuff is that often the points which the point at which your brain says to you okay i need to start being really strict i need to start restricting things i need to start you know putting boundaries around what i'm eating which is either i'm going to start weighing and measuring everything i'm going to start cutting out food groups i'm going to start compensating with tons of exercise because i can't make this work that's the point where you need to go right to the base and say well hang on a second what are you doing on a basic level are you getting yourself, are you getting, are you honestly getting all of these things correct before you then feel the need to overcomplicate yourself? Because if you start to overcomplicate yourself, then ultimately what you're doing is you're saying, I need to have this level of restriction in order to operate correctly. And if you need to have that level of restriction in order to operate correctly, you will always need to have that level of restriction in order to operate correctly. Because the second you take that restriction away, you will then return back to where you got, you started from. And you will end up eventually slipping back to where you started when you decided that you needed the extra restriction. Okay. I have no issue with people doing things and adding more restrictions in, but only once they're only, only to fine tune results that are already going well in order to then build up the levels and then have the ability to come back down to the bottom. Okay. So hopefully that has actually helped you to understand a little bit more. Hopefully it's taken a bit of a weight off. Um, in terms of if you are sort of the kind of person that beats himself up about this thing, it's not entirely your fault. In fact, it's mostly not your fault, I think, based on the fact that a while ago, nobody was overweight and no one even tried. So the um, have a think about that. And if you have any questions, um, because I think this is quite an interesting little topic, um, then, then let me know. Um, I'll have a little chat to those that have said hello. Good to see you all. Um, and I will um, be back again in a couple of weeks where we'll be doing our 90-day um, goal-setting session. So hopefully see lots of you there. Cheers, guys. Bye.